AM Caffeine Show. AM Caffeine Show, what up? It's your boy DOC. It's your girl Marlo J. And DJ Smooth Mellow D. Of course, you know how we get down each and every Wednesday and Friday right here at AM Caffeine Show. Today, let me tell you, we have a very, very special guest that I want to say probably has constructed one. It has to be in the top 10 greatest rap songs ever. I have to say, across the board, across all genres, didn't matter what nationality you were, everybody uh, loved this song, man. And I've been knowing the cat for a minute, and I know a lot of his crew, the OG crew, a lot of his dancers, because I started out as a dancer. Marlo, you see how I get down. It's on YouTube. It's well documented. Um, so a lot wow. of his, a lot of his uh, OG dancers that rocked with him, man, are, are guys that I grew up with in the dance scene. And uh, it's our pleasure to have him here today, the one and only Candyman in the damn building! Oh, man. Hey, for a minute, I didn't even know who you was introducing. Yeah, come on. You know, <laughs> you're like, was that me? <laughs> That's dope. Felt yeah. great. Man, Caddy, thanks for taking the time uh, with us today. I know you have a brand new single that we're going to talk about. Um, but, you know, when we bring on folks that, that have an extensive, legendary career, man, we like to just, you know, kind of get into some of your ups and, you know, your ups and downs, you know, some of your triumphs and how you get, you know, got to where you are and how you were able to stay in the industry this whole time. Um, so I want to kind of, you know, we want to kind of get into that. But before that, Candy, I have to make sure I ask this question because I've heard it and I don't know, I need to confirm it right here, right now, AM Caffeine Show. Candy, man, did you give Bobby Brown the business? Did you get Bobby Brown the one-two checker? Word on the street is you gave him some Mike Tyson. And before we got to the interview, I wanted to make sure that I got that out because I didn't exactly know where to place that in the interview, Marlo J. Smoothie. So we're just going to kick it off. Did you give Bobby Brown the business, yes or no? Uh-oh. From what I heard, <laughs> I did. From what I had heard. From what you had heard. Yeah through the rumor mill. But I'm going to tell you one thing. Bob and I are cool as a fan. And usually that happens after those kind of scenarios. Right. And, um, you know, back in that day, I was pretty much, you know, let's just put it out there, shit. I got, I got my drink on, okay? Right. <laughs> you know? So it might have been, it's pro it had to be one of them times because one of my female dancers reminded me of it. And I had <laughs> forgot all about it. Right. And basically, what I was doing was probably defending her honor. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, if anybody in my crew, like, you know, I didn't have my bodyguard go to jail for me in Germany for knocking out the head of security. So, I'm, you know, and I was like, woo, 100, 180 pounds soaking wet right. back then. So, but it's just kind of like something. Huh? But you was crazy, crazy, huh? At 180 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Still. A, a lot. I know to turn it on, turn it off. But I think that's what happened, according to her. She reminded me of the story. And um, that's what she said. Bobby huh? was like, oh, you bitch, 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 bitch. Yeah, that, see, it's Bobby we're talking about. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, and this is Bobby when he was, when he was popping. So the, the way that I heard it was Bobby. Yeah, you tell me your story. Bobby Brown, and this is from what I had heard. Okay. She had danced in a video for Bobby Brown. I think it may have been Stone Cold Gentleman, right? There's a video that okay. she with Bobby Brown and Ralph Tresden. So Bobby, Bobby first, of all, Brown, the first of all, first of all, that that name of a song period is real dated. But go ahead, Stone Cold Gentleman. <laughs> oh, she coming with the business today. Stone Cold right. Groove, baby. I got to get ready for her antics. So <laughs> ready. She was. She was she ready, Bobby in the video, he liked her and said, hey, I want to take you on tour. Okay. Well, Candy's tour, I guess, popped off before maybe Bobby was ready to make a move or whatever. Okay. So she's rocking with Candy. They're yeah. at a club. Bobby sees her and kind of like, yo, what do you do? Like, you were supposed to be rocking with me and you hear kind of like disrespected Candy in a way. Like, right. you should be rocking with Bobby. You're here with, you're, here with this dude and Candy was like, oh, I guess I'll tell you what. 
Let me tell you who you with, homeboy. That's my prerogative. Two-piece. Let me invite you to the tour real quick. So that, yeah, so I, I wanted to, because I did hear that, and I was like, and Bobby's my man. But I yeah. have to make sure, you know. So, I, so what, what did he say? Doc, he was like, I, Doc, he I, was yeah. like, yo, so you know Candyman lumped me up, right? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I guarantee you, guarantee you, he don't remember it either. Right. <laughs> we didn't hung oh. out since then. We didn't partied, kicked it, you know. But that's like bros, you know what I'm saying? Right. But yeah, that happened. at that time, yeah. See, here's what happened. Like I toured with um Tone, Tone Loke as well, and Bobby was. We toured with Bobby back then, and Bobby was in full Bobby at that right. point in time. You know what I'm saying? I'm right. talking about sitting in the in the in the king's chair in the dressing room, Bobby, you know? Right. Like, like the godfather, cotton balls in his mouth, probably Bobby. You know. <laughs> so you know, the godfather Coleon Bobby. So I can I can guarantee you, he don't remember it. I didn't remember it until she brought it up, but it sounds just like me. Right, right. So All I, right. If she said it, I know she wouldn't lie on me. But I don't wear nothing like that. You know, like a, a, a um, you know, badge of honor or something like that. But yeah, and she, you know, she ain't got no reason to lie. She's a super. You know her, so shout out. I don't, don't want to make it yes. all the yeah. way that it come back, and you know, then I gotta come again. But you know, now she's married. She got her husband that can handle the biz. Right, right. There it is. So let's get into it, Candy. Um, L.A., California, right? That's where you grew up in L.A. Yeah, yeah. How did you start? When did you start? When did you start rapping? When did you realize, hey, I want to be a rapper? Um, this is something wait, that I want to do. Wait, Doc, before we get there, I need to find out where he's from in L.A. Oh, where yeah. are you okay. from? I need oh, to are you, are you set trip? Yeah, she's set trip. trip. She's on set trip. Are you trying to really? You're trying to, you're trying to start some things. Figure out who you are. From <laughs> no, where you're trying to find out where your mama live, where your where grandma stay. Where your grandma stay. Where your grandma stay, <laughs> yeah. grandma stay huh? Yeah, you on some Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> I don't know what area you're from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm from South Central LA. Okay. okay. So when they called it South Central, okay. <laughs> what area though? Like what cross streets? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. See, I I I went to uh a couple of different schools because I did move from time to time. Well, you were bad. But I ended up like I was on 97th Street but long at first. Okay. Okay. And, and then I moved to like 104th in like Vermont, you know. Oh, you're my friend. Okay. Okay. Never mind. Go ahead. Go home. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a real one. I'm a real one. <laughs> you know, okay. I didn't okay. listen. Listen, speaking of, we, speak, we speaking about a Bobby Brown story. Hey, listen, I didn't gave out lumps and I didn't got lumped up myself. With I'm a real one. No, no, no. We're talking about lumping up to people and getting into okay. it. I'm from South Central LA. That means okay. I didn't gave it out and I didn't received it. Right, right. You understand? I'm well. really from South Central LA. I didn't got the business too. <laughs> Just trying to walk to school. You know what I'm saying? Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah, you go. Okay. Well, then, yeah, we, yeah, we got a connection. <laughs> That's so, LA for you. South Central LA went to a couple of different high schools. So you started rapping about what, about when? What, in, in junior uh, high, high school? Uh, probably telling the junior high. My story with rap is um, poetry. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm before rap. Mm -hmm. So I think I went to, three, I was always getting into trouble, man. I was that kid, man. I went to like three different elementary schools, man. So 95th Street School, let me give you the streets. 95th Street School, um, that was elementary Manhattan place. Oh wow! Over there, like by Sportsman's Park, um, we used to be Sportsman. That's Jesse Owens now. Mm -hmm. And then we moved, and I went to Woodcrest. Woodcrest wow. Elementary. Wait, wait. What? What could you have been doing in elementary school <laughs> that would make them kick you out of different schools? Oh same my God! Shit. Elementary same school child. Same. 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 Them hands. Same. You don't get All this violent eight-year-old out of here. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, and the twist is why it comes back to, the story does correlate. I'm not just ranting. The story does correlate to rap. 
with all of that being said and done, I was always getting into a fight. I think it was just people would test me, you know? And that's, you know, you, you come into school and I would just look like somebody that probably always had a little attention on them, that kid that always had a little shine on them. So whatever kid, whatever kid was jealous wanted to test me, then I go to work. You know what I'm saying? We we own. But at the same time in elementary school, I wrote this poem called The Beautiful Black Girl <laughs> at like eight years old. So the thing was, they thought I plagiarized the poem. Uh -huh. So they told my mom, like, you know, that, you know, where did he get this, po this poem from? Because we know he didn't write it. Uh -huh. And she was like, well, we don't own any poetry books. <laughs> so right. they were like, oh, and there was okay. No, and there was no Google back then. <laughs> no. And so they were like, well, write another one. So I wrote another one. But anyway, that poem had won, like, awards for contests and stuff like that. So then they tested me, took me out of class because the vocabulary was, you know, above grade average. And then they found, they, they you know, labeled me gifted. Uh -huh. So I was the most notorious gifted fuck up you ever met in your life. Right. Who can spit poetry. But that's, usually the case. that's usually the case. You know, the kids that <clears throat> cause the most issues in school are usually the most creative or the most smart. Yeah. I went to two junior high schools. I went to Audubon with uh, Montel Jordan because I got bust for the gifted program in yeah, Audubon. Okay, and then, right, that Montel Jordan. And then I got kicked out of Audubon. And my mom said, I'm done. You're going to Henry Clay. Oh, that'll so, do it. <laughs> so Henry Clay is where I met um, up with Johnny J in the band class. So there's poetry before rap, then there's band class uh, drumming with Johnny J at Henry Clay, Mr. Spencer's band class. So at this point in time, rap is starting to become a thing. And I'm like, oh, well, I, you know, I pop lock, you know, write poems and play drums. So this is easy, you know? So that's the evolution of me rapping. By the time I got to Washington High School, she was definitely not busting the gifted kid nowhere else. Right. So I went from Clay to Washington, and by then, Run DMC came out with, like, sucker MCs. It was a rap. I'm like, okay, this is you what like, I'm I doing. Do I can do that, too. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I'm on. Right. So that, that's how the development went. It went poetry, you know, dance was always there, band, and then high school, it, it was no looking back. And in high school, so now you start rapping, you start, you know, Run DMC is an influence. Are there other kids in school that you're battling? Are there, are there those type of, you know, oh, battles or anything like that? Absolutely. That's, that was it. There was the breakers. They had breakdancing crews. They had the rapping crews. Washington turned into like a fame, an inner city fame. Right. And I wanted to, they had stages. They had the quad, which was the main stage. And then you make your own little side stages, you know, on, where if you, weren't, if you weren't eligible and you didn't make it to the stage, the big stage, and then your little circle would get busted up when the, the big rappers hit the, the big the quad, then your little circle get busted up and everybody leave you because you ain't the main deal at the school. <laughs> right. This is this is true. This is a movie waiting to happen, bro. So, wait, so many people like, went, huh? But it's like you guys had like different crews, like you would have jackets and stuff like that. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, it was real. I, I went to Locke. And so I heard that Locke was really big on talent, you know, that whole that yep, whole they were music. But who gave you your break? Um, I want to say it's kind of because of the school, because everybody went to that school um, when I went there. And we had Dub C was um, beatboxing more than rapping, but Dub C went there. Um, Michelangelo from Portrait we got, and Johnny. And um, then came the other crew, like right after my first year there, that came Yo-Yo and Sir Jinx. Mm -hmm. So through the fact that me and uh, Jinx came to the school, Yo-Yo came to the school, I started hanging out with uh, Jinx and of course, Dr. Dre because of uh, the Jinx connection. Right. Oh, I was about to say, Dr. Dre went to Washington? No, Jinx and Dr. Dre are related, they're cousins. Uh -huh. So we would go to you know Jinx's house and you know yeah. mess around and Dre, like I told uh, somebody else on an interview, I was like Dre's wingman because I was tall. Right. So Dre, Dre would go have a, he'll go to the club that he, you know, DJed at. And so he'll snatch me up. I'm underage, but I'm tall and I can look like I'm of age. So he'd grab me and be like, hey, roll with me real quick somewhere. And we'd be at the club and I'm over here talking to the girl that he, he's trying to ditch for the new girl. 
Right. And so that's kind of how we first started bonding. Wow. See, I mean, you see what happened to man? Oh my God. Yeah, it, it goes have, that far back. I have another question. Is there anybody that you used to like rap with in high school that should have bust, should have like been huge, that was dope, but it just didn't happen for him? That that's, a great, that's a great question. Wow. So many people from our school did make it though. Um, so it's kind of hard. I had a couple partners, um, a guy named TNT, Trevin Pleasant. He was dope, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Yeah, he was dope. Um, so yeah, people would come up to the school all the time. I battled my way to the main stage. People would come up to the school, battle, lose. I'd serve them. You know what I'm saying? That's what I was notorious for at that time. And so, you know, at that point, um, that's how I even met Jinx. Jinx came up to the school before he really started going there. And so, you know, it, it's on. I met, I met TNT like that. We battled. You know what I'm saying? So people from everywhere would come. They would hear about me. And then, you know, I handled my biz. So that's how I really got in the door. Um, Jinx, uh, Dre told Jinx that he had this rap contest that he wanted some people that could rap. And so Jinx rounded up a, a couple of us from the high school. And uh, we had to battle, like 10, 15, you know, 12 people, something like that. And then um, I won that. And so the guy that had the independent label, um, we was, you know, ready to work. And so Dre did my first demo, like three-song demo. So Dre, so Dre does three songs on your demo. Is that the demo that uh, lands you your first record deal? Like, how does that work? No, it landed me with the independent label. And, um, you know, we didn't even, the crazy part was something happened where I guess Dre started really working with Easy, and uh, we didn't even use that demo. It was a song called Money Talks. And so we didn't even go with Dre's version. We went with um, Ice-T, Rhyme Syndicate, and we had Africa Islam do a version. And that's the version we went with. So I was, a, I'm affiliated with Rhyme Syndicate, NWA, tone low you know it's not many people that could bob and weave through all of those crews like that right and that was just basically off skill so yeah that that's kind of how the, the record happened because after we made the first uh single after i got the deal and won the battle then uh, i was with this guy and then we went and made another song and that next ep that i made had knocking boots on it uh -huh. so this happened real fast like you know my second real attempt knocking boots was on it but i kind of tucked knocking boots on the B side, you know, cause it was cassettes popping back then. Uh -huh. So, and vinyl. So, you know, I, I tucked it cause I didn't think we were ready. I didn't, I know we didn't have enough of a buzz, but I would go to all the swap meets, Inglewood, Slauson, Compton. And all I had to do was flip either the cassette over or the record, mostly the cassette. They had boxes in there. And I promise you every single time I played knocking boots, it was like I was the Pied Piper and everybody would just start coming around, bro. Instantly. So you knew, knew it was a hit. You knew it was a hit. Bro, the Koreans knew my name. Right. <laughs> Candyman. Gandhi. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. They wanted boxes. It was hot product. They put it what? on. You know, they have a little speaker playing. Anytime yeah. I played that song, it sold. And the only difference is we can come back in whatever pockets you want to really talk about. But the only difference was, you know, after a while, that got old because it was like a year on the same song and it was tucked, so I wasn't really tripping off of it. Then we got to um, Bill Walker from Thump Records called um, the number on the, on the record because it was hot out in Norwalk. Then he put it in the Lowriders soundtrack, volume one. The first time they put Lowriders in a video with music. And then it had another wave to where all the essays, all the low riders. I was gonna say, yo, Hispanics love yeah, you. And bro. So you answered that question, cause I, I had no, regularly. I wondered that. What'd you say, Marlo? I said, and they still play it regularly. No, like, no question. Regularly. And, and I always wondered how did that happen? Like, how did had, that happen? Listen, That's how I that had, happened. I had um, cassettes and mixtapes that had that, I had at least four mixtapes that had that song on it. That's from the swap meets. That's what, thank you. That's so, a lot of times people be thinking I'm gassing. Knocking Boots was two years old before I got a major record deal. It had several waves. So, you know, it went from the, the swap meet wave from the hood to the homies 
and then it went to the lowriders, to the Mexicans, the Latinos, and then I went on. I was on tour while it was doing the lowrider, Thump Records thing. I'm with Tone, so then after the, the tour stopped a year, some change later, that's when I had a situation with the owner of Thump Records, and he wanted me to be his artist, but he really didn't have enough money for me. What I was asking, uh -huh. you know, after making good money with Tone. So I was like, hey, you either got X amount of dollars or get me a major deal because I'm kind of burnt out on independent labels right now. Wow. Man, I had a record deal in nine days, Doc. Wow. On a two-year-old record. So what we and it, went, and it went gold in six weeks, platinum in eight weeks. So is that the same version? You never changed the version? I didn't change the version. I put tone on the intro. On right. the lowrider version, I'm doing the intro. Uh-huh. You, you know what I'm saying? But what was that? Are you, did you say something smooth? Oh, no, 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 no. Are you saying the same thing? Are you saying the attention all ladies? Yeah, yeah, it was me. I just knew I wanted a, attention all ladies. Yes. Candyman is on the prowl. And for those that want to get busy, you got <laughs> to speak up now. Right. Yeah, so just like I said it right now, that's how I said it. So nobody didn't even know it was me. Nobody knew who I was. And then right. I'm like, this rhyme, this time. is what. So it sounded like a whole different person. Uh, right, 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 right. But, but by the time, you know, like I helped choreograph Tone Show, and at the end we do freestyles, rapping, and he'd be like, yo, because me and Tone used to do shows. Knocking Boots was made before I went on the road with Tone. So we would do shows before Tone Song blew up. You know what I'm saying? So now we got a connection. We're affiliated. We on stages with, you know, on, on Bobby's tour with Tone. People know who Candyman is. You know what I'm saying? So at that point, I'm like, we might as well connect the dots. Right. Because everybody know you've introduced me in this, in the, on the big arenas. Man, hop on this fucking, uh, you know what I'm saying, intro and let's go on and connect the dots. So when you get the deal, and that the deal was with Epic? Epic, yep. It was Epic so CBS. When you get mm -hmm. to deal with Epic, how does it work in regards to now, because now the song is going to be on a bigger level, on a bigger platform, how does the sample work? Because you didn't, you didn't trip on the sample when you first put it, you know, on the B-side. Like, you didn't try to get the sample clear, did you, at that point? No, no. We, we so, didn't really know about, you know, who to go to for that and all of that. But what did happen, it was brought up before I got to Epic. Because, um, you know, I recorded in Audio Achievements. I'm, like, really connected with a lot of, you know, the Easy e story. Yeah, so, with Donovan over there, right? Man, Doc, you know what it is, bro. Right. <laughs> you, you know what it is. So I was the only artist that wasn't signed to Ruthless that was working in there. Okay. Donovan is the engineer, and that's why right. Dre is so tight. Right. But Donovan's wife clears samples. Madeline Smith. So she brung it up like, hey, this is, this is, when Tone came in to do the intro over there, she was like, because they're, I think we recorded it originally in Compton, you know, at a little smaller studio. But when we went over there to relay his vocal, and, and I think I did relay my vocal again. I think I did do that uh, in Donovan's studio. Uh -huh. I'm pretty sure I did. But um, when, we did, when we did that, Madeline um, was bringing it up and said, hey, we need to talk about clearing this sample because this is a hit record. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that might have even been before um, the song. It was really close. It was before or right there. Right. And um, But we got it clear. It was, you know, it, it got done. And here's the thing. For people out there that don't know about samples, if you're a writer and you use somebody's works, they own that song with you. Right. So not only did I have percentage? to... What was, what was their percentage? That's where I'm, that's where I'm going. Not only did I use Betty Wright, but I used Rolls Royce. Right. So they told Madeline um, they both wanted 50% of the song. Which, oh which leaves, that's 100%. <laughs> he said, Your reaction is what my reaction. <laughs> no, my, uh, Madeline wasn't having it, though. She was really dope. Because you got to keep in mind, Madeline was clearing really classic records for people to say, can, do we, you guys cuss on your format or you try to keep it more clean? We try to keep it clean, but every now and again, you know, if, 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 the, story, man, if the story uh, uh, calls for it, then yeah. <laughs> no, let me do it because I, I go either way. I usually start off clean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To, to fit whatever, but with NWA it's kind of hard, but let's just right. say 
Let's go. <laughs> Madeline was clearing samples for like F the police. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. You know, whatever they rapped over, it might have been the most beautiful song, the most classic song. Madeline had a way of getting it clear. Wow. So she was dope. She had a lot of clout by the time it came down to these two people saying they, you know, they both parties felt like, you know, they, didn't, they weren't in cahoots. Just each of them felt like, by me including that, right. half of that song is theirs. Right. So Madeline made the deal at 33 and a third for all parties. For all parties. Okay. That's fair. And let me tell you something. That song went to the moon. My first royalty check was $111,000. Wow. Your very so, first one. So everybody got that same check. Right. Wow. <laughs> right. So wow. you can tell them, you'd be like, listen, I know how much money you made off me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. To this day. Right. Right. Like, right. The bronze, like the bronze bomber to this day. Right. <laughs> so, Candy, have you found it to be a gift and a curse with that song as big as it has been through the years? Hell yeah. Now it's like, shoot, how do you, Hell know, yeah. you know, like you're going in, like, how do I make something yeah. just this big? So like, it was great, but also if you fall short, it's like, oh man, he ain't dope no more, or he fell off, or whatever not, it is people might say. Not even. Here's what happened with that story. I'm glad you're bringing this up because I forgot to say this on a, an interview and I want to make sure that I really start giving people pieces that they didn't understand. I was nominated 1990 Best New Rap Artist, American Music Awards. I was there when you performed. You, and one of your dancers, Robert Vincent, gave me uh, free VIP passes when I snuck in. Thanks, Robert. There, okay. there you go, there you go. So what I'm trying to tell you is it wasn't just Knocking Boots. My follow-up was gonna be bigger than Knocking Boots. You remember what the follow-up was, right? I'm trying to remember, it was a sample, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, I was sample crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do Milton remember the song. I wanted to say this. But he said five. it. Say it Melting your mouth. Absolutely. Melting your mouth. Absolutely. <laughs> right. So here's what happened with that song. Eminem Mars came after me. Wow. I can't win for losing, That was their slogan. Melting your mouth, not in, not your, in your head. head. Uh -huh. So Melting your mouth was going up the charts about to knock out knocking boots uh -huh. i had my follow-up i remember like ll came up to me at the award show like yo hey yo money yo that uh new joint they like that one better than knocking boots because the cadence and the flow was tighter right because knocking boots is two years old melting your mouth is fresh right right you know what i'm saying that that flow is crazy on melting your mouth give me and a verse spinners, huh give me a melt verse. in your mouth not in your hand the C-A to the N-D-Y, the M-A-N, I'm like no other man. Because you know no other man can be an undercover lover and a soul brother man. On the other hand, introduce me to your mother, Anne. I wouldn't be surprised if she's my number one fan. Here I stand a full six feet three, and the perfect match has to be when you meet me under a palm tree. In the middle of the beach, bring a towel or a sheet, knock the boots with sand in our feet. After we eat what we bought on the pier, I hear your earrings jingle like a chandelier. As you premiere, what you hear is not a simile, but it's meant to be the poetry, S-P-E-A-K-I-N-G. Don't ever be another candy man. Because I melt in your mouth, not in your hand. <laughs> now you tell me. What happens? <laughs> do they do like a cease and desist? Like what happens? That's exactly what they did. And so Sony is tripping, you know what I'm saying? Because this is Eminem Mars, but what they did, they made a, a, a deal. We had the stores fully stocked because we knew that was the follow-up. And I'm right. rapping over the spinners. It's, it's crazy. Songs gone to the roof. So we had to take all the singles out of the stores. But what they did do is allow us to keep it on the album and they didn't chop off the video. But you can't, the sales don't reflect, because that's another platinum single. Right, me. right, right. Run Your Mouth was going, going. Right. Okay? And, I, and matter of fact, I know how, because I did Arsenio Hall with Knocking Boots, and he called, I went right back. Every time you see a performance from me, I did Melon Your Mouth probably the next month. Right. So when I came back to do Melon Your Mouth for Arsenio, he had me do Knocking Boots and Melon Your Mouth on the party machine. Remember that? With Nia Peoples? With, with, uh, I think that was with Paul Abdul, right? No, Nia That was Nia Peoples. No, Nia Peoples. Nia Peoples. Right, yeah. right, right. So he loved both of the songs. So it was going, but that stopped a lot of momentum, you know, and they, we had to, like, we couldn't promote the single like that, but I performed it everywhere, but it, it's not the same. Not the same. It's, no, 
because at that point we can promote it. We can do a lot more things, you know, promoting melt in your mouth. But the coldest part of the story is how many times you've seen rappers on Snickers commercials, you right. know, Master P and all that. Whereas, you know, it stopped, it, it put a big dent in my career, you know, cause it was before they wanted to merge with hip hop. Now everybody uses hip hop to sell Cheerios. You got a, the honeybee break dancing, you know? Right. But at that point, it was it was lightweight racing. It was so new, it was so new for for nah, it was, of corporate it, America to do that. It was we don't want them. We don't yeah. want no yeah, we don't want no Negroes up in here. Uh, <laughs> they need yeah. you now. They need right. you now. Right now, yeah. it, right now, would be a great time to go ahead and chant. Especially with with um, what's his name, MC Hammer doing "Can't Touch This" with the Cheetos. It's your turn right now, Candyman. Come on. Well, make we it happen. Right. Listen, I ain't got 33 and a third for you, but I'll give you a good 15%. Make it happen. <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time, because shit will <laughs> Yeah, I knew you'd take up on that one. <laughs> well, right, so I, 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 have, I have a quick... I, I, I never Go knew that. It. Go ahead, Smokey. You have something to say? Yes, going back to knocking boots, and another thing that has been said, so since we got you here, I want to clear it up. On the song, the girl singing on the hook, is that the same Tasha that sang on Thuggish Ruggish Bone? No. The, the, the misconception is Tasha sang it on the road with me. Okay. Um, that's TNT's sister, Trevin ah. Pleasant. Her name is Debt Pleasant, and I needed a vocalist. So she, you know, he said, my sister can do it. And I'm like, oh, here we go. And she came in and destroyed it, one take. But oh. Shatasha was the vocalist from my high school. Shatasha also went to Washington. So I Got basically it. bring her out on the road with me. Now, Shatasha sang on Melting Your Mouth when I did the vocal version, you know what I'm saying, where in the video she's singing, and on stage she sang, you know, the Ooh Boy I Love You So with me. So it is still the same Shatasha that I introduced to the world that did, you know, kill Thuggish Ruggish Bone. Dope. But she killed this song on my album called Candyman Theme. There's some hot joints on my album that, you know, after the Melody Mouth thing, the push kind of went back, but the songs are still hot. Candyman theme is a beast. Shatasha's wailing on that. Nightgown, the original version, is crazy. Uh, you know, I got a Prince to clear it, samples when he wasn't clearing nobody's, um, wow. no rappers. Um, and then I got, of course, this song called Five Verses of Death, which is unlimited bars, five verses of me just making sure people didn't think, you know, it was just all sweet. Right, you know? right. Wow. So I was really like the Drake before Drake. So it's the experiment. Talk. Real okay. talk. Real they talk. Drake. Drake? Drake? <laughs> yeah. If you if all you gotta do is check it out, you know what I'm saying? It's there. It's there. It's documented. Um Listen, I know I was singing along. I sure was. I know every word to that song. Ooh. Even the ad libs. Give me a little, give me a little teaser. Give me a little teaser. Get your oh, sip. Man, them vocals are tart. It's one blowing your mind. Like only the candy man can. Like Ooh. a champion. Knocking him out. Another bout, without a doubt. Once again, make you scream and shout. When I when I rock the bells, yell out my name. Girl, listen, I know Ooh. these words. Nothing. <laughs> I to your heartbeat. Wow. Doc, don't hate Doc. Don't hate on it, Doc. I'm serving. <laughs> She over there serving this. Okay. Oh, hey. <laughs> and listen, and listen, real quick. I know she know the dance moves that go with it, too. I know she know. It's the Hold on now. <laughs> Marlo, don't, do you have on bottoms? I have on bottoms. Okay. I was kind of a big deal back in the day, bro. I was kind of a big deal. Listen. Wow. So, Candy, that song, you know, we're now 2020. And what's crazy is even when you hear that song, it still feels like, you know, when it came out, but it still feels fresh. Like people still react to it the same way. It's um, a blessing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, I know it's taking you around the world. You still do shows. Yeah. Um, with it being a blessing and then you doing new music, do you kind of get, like, do you ever get sick of the conversation of that song always coming up? You're like, yeah, I know what it is, but I'm a different artist. I'm, I'm doing different things at this point. I mean, how, how, how do you 
you know, balance that and balance that that conversation because you have elevated and become a you know different artist, lyricist, and all those things since I, then. I would I was never just that artist to begin with. That's the whole point. But the point of it is, is of course we can address the, the elephant in the room that nine times out of ten I'm a one hit wonder. Right. You know what I'm saying? So in the beginning, you know, my real fans know you don't get nominated best new rap artist of the entire year for having one song. That, that don't go together. Right. But, you know, I look at a lot of people who they call one-hit wonders, and it made me feel better. <laughs> That's the truth of the matter. It's like, so you're going to call Montel Jordan a one-hit wonder. Right. Okay. You're going to call Al B. Sure a one-hit wonder. Okay. Whole you know, album. what, right. <laughs> we have albums that you press play on. But, yeah. the, but the thing about it is, when they, meet, when they say one-hit, they're talking about the one song that cracked the top 10 pop charts. Uh-huh. Melting Your Mouth was damn near there. Matter of fact, I think it did touch the top 10 and then immediately it, it fell. You know what I'm saying? But if it had, a, we, we let it rise, then at least, damn it, I'd be a two-hit one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, yeah, I'm mad, at, I'm mad at Eminem Mars to this day. But I don't care anymore. You know why? Because here's the thing. There's also a lot of one-hit wonders. There's a difference in a hit song and a classic. Absolutely. Because a lot of the one-hit wonders, their songs are dated, like you just said. And so it doesn't translate all the way 30 years later. Like a lot of these people right now, this ain't no shade. There's a lot of artists right now that you like, but oh, they hot. They got, every album is hot. Let's see if any of them songs get played 30 years from now. Absolutely. Even one of them. Agreed. With the drip. Uh, is Drip gonna still be cool thirty years from now? Not is Drip gonna is Drake? No, I said Drip. Oh, Drip! Nah, we ain't even no. remember that we With said. all of these songs uh, that got Drip, 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 and Drop, you know, I'm not uh, shading anybody, uh, but you gotta think your, your content. Unless your faucet is broken, unless your faucet is broken. <laughs> well, <laughs> unless, you know, it's a stone cold groove. I mean, I see that? See, stone cold. <laughs> That's it. Didn't it? Didn't make it. Right. It didn't make it. It didn't make it. Okay. So it's also you can date yourself with your topics. You know what I'm saying? If you're trying to just catch that wave right then, right. man, come on, knocking boots is the let's get it on of hip hop. That's people true. People make true. babies off a rap record, bro. Right. You dance to it, you rap to it, and you get your yeah. And you knock boots to it. Man, yeah, listen. Absolutely. You know, that's that's one I can say that's one rap song that I could I could probably not boots too because you know the, the delivery is very very silky it's very like hey you know like, I'll tell you something this time it's wrong it's like a little whisper like a little, little while whisper. I'm whispering <laughs> we just made love on the damn camera that's wrong y'all said this was not that kind of show this, was, this went way left forget me this went way left <laughs> we didn't did the soldier boy kiss me through the phone all that <laughs> so candy what has been the hard what has been the hardest part um to stay you know to to stay in the game this long having such a monumental song like that what what has been the hardest thing just to just to kind of sustain when maybe the the major labels aren't you know as right. Uh, interested anymore like yeah oh i get what it have you done it's to you know just try to stay you know working hey listen that's like an actor's question you know hey it still come down to the money you gotta work you don't work right. you don't eat them checks ain't coming like they used to i'm not getting 30 bands a show no more you know right. what i'm saying them royalties ain't coming in that big no more you know and then here comes the irs oh yeah uh -oh. You know, and they don't come after you until you ain't got it no more. Right, right. They wait good and well until they're like, well, let's check on them now uh -huh. and talk about this 300,000 we need, you know. Exactly. So, um, and, and the whole point of that is, man, listen, knocking boots paid off my IRS bill. Uh-huh. It, it took what? a while. We all had, you know, the Trump Paid it off. We'd be all good wow. you know, if we just had his tracks, his tax person. Yeah, it paid it off. It might have took more like 10 years or something like that, but it still did it. Right. Without me having to do anything extra to go in debt, they just garnished 
you know, Turn the down. money. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so that was that was cool with me because I still was able to do shows here and there. But it was it's not easy. It wasn't an easy transition. I'm not going to sit up here and act like it was smooth. It was not. It was terrible. You used to having money. You know, you got a crew and everybody's depending on you. And, you know, you're leaking and hemorrhaging cash with the overhead. No, it's not cool. It's not cute. It's not sexy. None of that. It was it was better before we had the money, before I had the money. I'm saying we because I took care of a lot of people. You know, it was much better because we could just work. It even stifles your creative process. It stifles that when you don't have, before you didn't need it to create, but now you feel less than. Mm -hmm. So you start the self-doubt can come in. Right. You know, but I have done a whole lot of things. I promoted shows. I got behind the scenes, learned how to promote shows, how to host shows, how to just keep the name alive, keep the song going. Because the more I get the song playing again from every show that I do, the more um, I was able to get myself out of that hole with the IRS, you know, eventually. And it did work. And then um, a lot of people don't know in 2012, just fast forward in between. I'm just telling you about the legal stuff I did. <laughs> But, <laughs> I, had, I had several other jobs too. Be an accomplice. I did listen. I did live in Vegas for a second. You don't want to be that kind of accomplice. I don't know. There we'll Dean. talk after the show. That's where Dean was at for a stint. Well, you know, I mean, the statute of limitations. Might be up. What happened? The statute of limitations may be up, so you might you might be good now. Okay, so D, we probably had the same occupation. Then. Hey, let's go. He just had a he just had a better name, you know. It'd be like Candyman. Yeah, right. and they sounded just like that too. <laughs> they sounded just like that. So, I, and I know that you and I connected. But, oh, but let me get, just let me about get back to the shows. What was that? I said you and I had connected a few years ago, just about you doing shows, and you know. You yeah. getting artists and kind of promoting that. And, you know, I think artists who have longevity and you understand it become good bookers and good show promoters because you've yeah. done it. So you yeah. kind of understand both sides of it. Yeah. And, and being an artist, you're nicer to the artist. I tell everybody I'm bilingual, you know, meaning I speak artist and promoter fluently. Right. So I, I become humble. It's, everybody know me like, oh, Candy, that's Candy, that's the homie. But no, I'm still trying to make sure they're comfortable if I book them for a show. Right. Because right. I want to treat them like I would want to be treated. You know, and I've done a lot of shows with damn near all the artists from the 90s when they needed shows. You know, I could get them a little bit of change and right. put myself on the bill as the host. So, I, you know, I had my little crew doing that. And then in 2012, <clears throat> um, I was fortunate enough to uh, create a rap class in Scottsdale Community College where I wrote the competencies and the syllabus. That's where the gifted comes in. And they had a DJ program out there. And uh, the, the main um, professor of that, um, that program, which had, uh, it has its own certificate for DJing. It's in the, you know, it's, it's real deal. They had it for years, like before I got there. And he asked me, what would I think about creating the rap portion of it? So I'm like, yo, that'll be dope. I've been mentoring people all this time anyway. So he showed me what the competencies and the syllabus looked like for the DJ course. And then I, I wrote and presented it to him. And he's like, man, this is dead on. So, I, you know, that's 2012. I can take that to Dubai. I can take that to the inner city schools, which is what I want to do at some point, and make that a real thing besides just, where, you know, how I did it out here. That's something I'm very proud of. You know, that's yeah. Professor Candy to some people. Right. Yeah, oh, it still sounds the same, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's super dope. And like you said, you got to promote that, Candy, because a lot of people don't know that. You know, I, you, you know, you know, Doc. I I get to the point where you seem like in, in this in this era, man, with social media, when you I'm out of it now. But when you seem like you you it seem like you're trying to defend who you are. Who you are. When you're trying to tell them, hey, homie, I didn't just do knocking boots. I right, look at what I did. Sport. Look at what I did. Uh -huh. yeah, and, and, you know, they so kind of weird nowadays. Like, ah, oh, man, you know, just, just sit down, man. You, you know, you just did one song. and we're... Listen, I don't care what you know. I'm happy with me. I'm happy being me. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you once again, you can write 20 hits 
and I could go on verses <laughs> 30 years later and play that today if I'm right. still alive <clears throat> and we'll see if any of your 20 hits are still playing on the radio right so what I did is it's not a hit it hit out the park and it's still going right it's a standard like you know what I'm saying it's pop culture it's hip-hop culture it's and then it hit all genres it's an R&B song bro right this is all it hit everything and it had an impact so for me to say I wrote that I even helped really put the the meat and potatoes of the song together it's crazy it's like what more do you want I don't have to feel bad about that accomplishment I feel wonderful did it about that song did it take you a while to to get to that point to where you were like, where you yes. like, I don't have to validate myself. I know when I've Yes, done. you're damn right it did. But you see how I'm saying it with my chest right now? Right, say it with your chest. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I did that. Whatever you want to call me, it's mine. I did it. And rest in peace to Johnny J. Absolutely. You know, Coolest one Absolutely. Uh, there's contributing factors. But yeah. I, I presented that to him after I looped it up and had what I wanted in my mind to write to. And I went over there with L.A.J. and Michelangelo to their little compound, sampled it up, and said, okay, this is what I need to hear so I can write it. I wrote that song in like 15 minutes, man. Wow. It's like how you hear it is how I wrote it. Right. With a couple scratches on the, on the notepad. I used to, it was so crazy, Doc, that I would show people the notebook. I knew it was a hit. Before it was even recorded, I was walking around. People would know me. They're like, bro, I remember seeing the notebook. Right. <laughs> Even and, even and I still tucked it on the back because I was trying to protect the song. Protect it, right, right, right. I knew that was the hit. It was it, because the way it came, it was like this has to be from another power. It's, you know, it's another level. And honestly, that's kind of how I feel about the new one. Now, because it's me, people might not want to allow me to get you know another one off. But I feel like knocking boots is the less get it on. And I love Marvin Gaye, and I feel like this one is the what's going on. And I don't care if it take two years for people to catch on to this one. Right. They're going to still be doing the same thing two years from now. We just want to start bringing it down some until right. it phases out. Right. So. so let's talk about this new, this, this new single, this new project that you've put together and that you, you know, that you're working and, and folks are starting to get familiar with it. When did it, when did it come to you? How did you, you know, construct it? And when did you realize like, it's, it's time to drop it now because of what's going on in society and in our world. Like, so how did that all come? Um, <clears throat> right after the George Floyd, I always, you know, loved the fact of, um, like I said, Marvin Gaye, you know, I got Michael, Prince, Marvin, oh, Stevie, you know, those are my guys. Like I said, before rap, hip hop is a whole nother top five, but those guys are special in music and that's next level. So if you, try to reach greatness, you got to have your Mount Rushmore. Mm -hmm. So like I said, I know Knocking Boots turned into, I knew, here's what I knew. I knew Knocking Boots was a gold song, a gold single. I knew it was gold, no question. Platinum and classic, nah, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So I said like, for real, I felt like I got my Let's Get It On. It turned into a Let's Get It On. So I said, I want to show some diversity as a songwriter, not just a rapper. Mm -hmm. And I always, you know, wanted to do a song with a message something that, you know, could uplift or just speak for the people. So that's been inside that I wanted to at least get that one off. I feel like right now, being honest with you, I'm probably going to do an album or, you know, whatever. But if this was the last song I recorded, I'd be fine. Because, you know, that would be the one they go to, <laughs> you know, right. when, I, when I'm going. Right. And I feel like this song holds up. Nice. But it was George Floyd, and the same thing happened. Um, I was... I was just watching what happened. And, you know, of course, the song is We Are One by Frankie uh -huh. Beverly. So there you go. Absolutely. It makes you do that. It's that kind of, you know, black spiritual family reunion song. Right. Play that at the cookout. And I've been to the concerts when everybody holding up the ones. It's a, man, that's church. Right. You understand? That song will put a spell on you, bro. So I've always loved that song, and I knew I could write something really prolific to that song. And then it hit me right after George Floyd. I, I turned on the YouTube and I watched the video. And one of the videos had all of the Black Lives Matters images and the hand, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, there we go, right there. Mm -hmm. So when I sat down after watching it a couple of times, grabbed the notebook, 
same thing happened. I started writing and it just wouldn't stop. I didn't write the whole song like Knocking Boots this time. I wrote the whole verse and the, then the half of the second. And I was just so amazed because I, I hadn't had that feeling like that since Knocking Boots. It kind of scared yeah. me a little bit. That's it was dope. a little scary. That's dope. So I didn't believe it. I didn't want to. I didn't want to just go so hard and and not really be in the right direction. So I called up Aunt Banks, and Aunt Banks had been trying to you know get me to you know get with him for like seven years now. Saying, "Candy, come on, bro. It's not broke. You know what I'm saying? Just bring it to me. I got you. You know." And so I spit it over the phone, and then I was kind of like waiting on his reaction. I think it was on a Sunday. It was right after the George Floyd. And on a Sunday, I spit it. And, you know, I'm nervous. I got that nervous energy. You know, Banks <laughs> right. produced everybody. And um, Banks just was kind of quiet for a second. He said, come see me on Thursday. <laughs> this was Sunday I spit. He said, come see me on Thursday, dog. Right. So I was like, all right. Got, got it. it. Uh-huh. Got it. And I, and we did, like, two takes. I went and did that part. I, I wanted to hear it back. With his, you know, he had started production. He wasn't finished. I wanted to vibe with it. Came back. The half of the second and the third was the same exact way. Wrote it, boom, done. I didn't even have to spit it. I called him. I said, when can I come back? He said, Wednesday. <laughs> Went back, boom. Then I left it with him to do the production. Right. And he even told me, he said, he said, yo, Candy, that was one of the easiest songs I've done. And it's dope. He said, we working together was just really easy. He said, that's not, don't happen often like that. Right. So. They, I'm proud of the song, man, for real. And I hope you guys like it. No, I do. I listened to it yesterday. Or actually, the day before yesterday, when you sent it to me, when you and I were talking, I was like, I'm listening to it literally right now. I saw that. Uh, and I sent it over to, to the DJ, so we're, uh, to Smooth D. So we're going to definitely support it. So now this song is available everywhere. Everywhere. Um, I promote Spotify because, you know, Spotify is the, the hybrid. It's social media, and a lot of people don't get that. It's social media and music distribution, it's music sharing, you make your playlist. All those things help the algorithm. It's about streams now, it's not about sales. Mm -hmm. you, you don't really get as much from, you know, the other ones, quote unquote, as Spotify, because it's more designed to where I can put my artist pick, my playlist, photos, reach my listeners, listeners put it on playlists, all of that blows the song up, mm -hmm. just from, you know, Spotify and YouTubes. So I'm, I'm making it my goal to try to hurry up. It's just hard in the pandemic. I really want to shoot a video, but I wanted to put some thought into it. And I can only do so much in the pandemic. But I, I want to say in the next two weeks, you know, I should have something together for a visual for it. Okay. And I'm going to reach out to you guys because I would love for you guys to be in it. Oh, man. You, well, you already see how thirsty Marla was with her, with her tart vocals <laughs> and her perfect dance moves. Why are you trying to make me out to be thirsty? Like I don't, like, like I don't get nothing. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I, I, right, right. Now you got, now you got to bring the whole whole card out, man. Don't make like, me slap that whole card on the table. What? <laughs> she gonna be shaking the table in a second. Yeah. I, listen, I saw the cup. She ain't thirsty. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That would be great. I mean, definitely, Marla would be great. You know, anything that we could do to support, you know, for sure. Not go back, and I look at you as definitely one of these West Coast. You know, yeah. I don't even want to put it uh, on a region, but because I'm from L.A. to understand what it is, man, you're definitely right. the pioneers and been here from the beginning, man, really, yeah. from N.W.A. till now. So anyway, Ice-T to N.W.A. Oh, to Tone Love. I'm there at the beginning, for sure. So anyway, we can support it, man. We definitely will. Let folks know how they can find you on, you know, Instagram. Uh, yeah, Instagram is my main thing. I wasn't, I wasn't really on it like that. I was just putting pictures up to get, to, you know, on it. I was really, you know, consumed with a lot of other things. Like you said, just establishing some other things I wanted to get established in my life besides right. this. That's now, right. when you do, when you make a song, you have to learn, you know, the best way to promote it now. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna start stepping up my Instagram. And this is why we're doing all of the promo and you know what we're doing right now. So, so my Instagram is Candyman underscore ENT, like Candyman Entertainment. So Candyman underscore ENT. What I learned about that was um, there's so many people that call themselves Candyman now, but if I, like before I had the number one and only Candyman, but it's difficult, you know, for people to really like get all of that before they get to the, the Candyman part. So if I put Candyman first, you'll probably see me come up now. 
Right, because right. He says Candyman underscore. These are little things that I didn't know nothing about that, bro. You know right. what I'm saying? <laughs> How do I know that hashtags help move right. the algorithms? <laughs> who, who knows? What is, a, what is an algorithm? Right. I'm gifted, but I ain't socially gift, media gifted. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's not my era. So these things, I appreciate you guys, you know what I'm saying, helping me get the word out, you know, and, and promoting it. And, um, you know, I'm doing my research now and I'm ready to go, man. I'm just happy that the response to the song has been incredible. I'm talking about even haters was like, hey, man, as a heater, I don't care, you know. And I know that from people that talked to the haters <laughs> and told me, like, hey, they couldn't even hate, bro. It was like, <laughs> yeah, they know the known haters. And they like, that hater couldn't even hate. I'm like, okay, we buy, we did it. And, so I, and also, it I, I, wanted, I want, the song is more than that anyway. It's not a flex. It's a, it's a, it's social. I wanted to get with, you know, hopefully it could get to like the WNBA, the Say Her Names, you know. I wanted to have a purpose. It's got an intent and a purpose. I really want that song to connect to where, you know, it's a part of the movement. So hopefully it'll, you know, catch his wings. Like, just like Knocking Boots ended up attaching itself to the lowrider movement. Right. Mm -hmm. And you can't tell no lowrider community nothing about Knocking Boots. No. Knocking Boots started with there, right there. They don't give a damn about the epic version. They don't care about the swap meet version. What they do, because Norwalk Records was big. But for them, that's what I want this to do. I want it to have its own experience with a certain group of people. And that's everybody. You know, everybody is basically with the movement now. And, you know, a lot of people are lining up also to vote. Go vote. You know, I, I wanted to kind of have something ready by the time the elections happen, win, lose, or draw you know, whoever you're voting for. So, I, you know, that's how a song can stick around, too. It's like, are you trying to make history? Or are you just trying to make hits? I'm not doing this for the money. I have very well learned how to survive without right. the money. So that, that makes me dangerous. Right. Because people that's not doing it for the money and not making moves for the money, you're doing it for the love, and you always get the money. That's how I got the bag in the first place. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm not doing nothing for money. I turn shows down. I'll be like, no, nah, I'm not doing it, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's not happening. Right. So I, you know, I did this show, you know what I'm saying? Because you're my peoples. That's right. We appreciate that, man. Uh, thank you, Candy. We're going to support as much as we can here. Open Door Policy, man. Anything that we can do, you know, hit any of us up. Marlo J probably has her tour bag ready. To, to <laughs> Hey, listen, Marlo, you be in good company. You know, J-Lo and um, Lorianne Gibson danced with me for a little while. See that? You see so, that? So, you know, you touch the stage with me, you might be a superstar after that. <laughs> and listen. Right here? What? And Marlo, my budget only allows you to dance for me now. It's just me? <laughs> yeah, I'm on that kind of budget. It's me and you. <laughs> Oh, man, there it is, you guys. AM Caffeine Show, my man. Hey, Smooth. Uh, where, where's Smooth at? Absolutely. Yeah. Smooth day. Yeah. Uh, you been quiet over there, but I acknowledge your presence. For sure. Hey, it all, it, all, it all starts with the DJ, brother. Let me tell you. It Respect all, the DJ. That's how I got my class, because of a DJ program. It does yeah. all start with the DJ. Absolutely. And Smooth Day is definitely one of the best. Um, so, Smooth. We're gonna throw obviously candy in the mix, and maybe we can make that the donut song of the day where we really highlight that. For sure, um, off tops. Off so top. yeah, candy, we want you, you everything man. that we can to support you here. You guys, make sure you follow Candyman, and once again, that's Candyman underscore E N T on on Instagram, and uh, and check me out on Spotify. All right, oh, and Spotify, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Marlo J, how can people find you? You can find me on all social media platforms at Marlo J. That's M A R L O J A Y E. Make sure you comment, subscribe, and share Black Girl Bucket List on your YouTube. And follow me and comment and love all my podcasts on wherever you listen to podcasts. That girl said. What about you, Smooth D? SM, SM, Triple O, T H D W E, all platforms. Go there and you'll find out everything going on with me. Marlo J, so this is the AM Caffeine Show, and I understand you got other endeavors. I do I'll understand. Be a hater. You, <laughs> you be doing Come a here. lot. You be doing a lot of promoting about your other things, like. And I'm not trying to handcuff you. I'm not trying to handcuff you. But damn. Clang clang. Clang clang. 
You can find Marlo J. Ware over here. Exactly. Man, let me tell you, she's everywhere, dog. That's why she's going to be on stage with you whether you like it or not. <laughs> she's just going to show up. Listen, Kenny May going to turn around. Like, and you going to turn around and be like, hey, I told you. I Marlo, okay, well, seeing that, Marlo, this is, this is how it's going to work then, Marlo. I really, I really can't pay you at all. Just promote your brand on stage while you're dancing. <laughs> Wear your Marlo wear. You know I'll what? shout it out on the microphone. This is going to be like that. I can't pay you at all. Let's go ahead. <laughs> yeah, wear the Marlo wear. I'm a, I'll wear a Marlo wear t-shirt. You know what I'm nice. saying? Nice. <laughs> I can promote you. I can't pay you. Oh, my goodness. There it is. That's the AM Caffeine Show. Make sure you follow the AM Caffeine Show at AM Caffeine Show each, every Wednesday and Friday. And uh, you guys enjoy your weekend. Once again, shout out to our man, Candyman. Make sure you support him at Candyman underscore E. Oh, and, and the song, show. real quick. Yes, sir. Song, we talked about it, but the name is B BLM, BLM, which stands for Black Lives Matter, question mark. Like, does it matter? AKA, don't shoot. So you could do Candyman, Don't Shoot, but I wanted to do BLM question mark so because there's so many songs called Don't Shoot that right. I wanted to make sure that it just didn't get lumped into that category. But if you put in Candyman, Don't Shoot, it's going to pop up. There it is. Candyman, Don't Shoot, you guys. And Caffeine Show, we shall return next week. You guys enjoy your weekend. Candy, thank you, my brother, anytime. Thank you, guys. Appreciate yes, all sir. of it. Peace. All right.